What's up, Ray? Hello, Tristan. So this is kind of a fascinating show. Normally, we have the luxury of Front Porch Studios to sort of doctor all of this audio to make it sound really good. Troy adds the music for us. He adds the commercials. And this week, Troy's on vacation, so nobody gets the luxury of any of that. We're just starting So naked this. and afraid with naked Bear and Grylls. Afraid. Exactly. We're naked and afraid without Troy. <laughs> there okay. you go. So, yeah. And I always so say, no bumper music, nothing? We're no, just going to be no us. No music, just us. And okay. I always say, like, the, the, the stuff you can always kind of say is good about this show, that's gone this week. Okay. So it's just the stuff that's bad, just me and you only. I got you. Yeah. So... Troy Add to that, it's about 107 up here. 107 degrees. flop sweat showing? <laughs> just a little bit. Jersey Broadcast News? Uh, yeah. Albert Brooks where the yeah. sweat's just pouring off him. <laughs> That's me. That's great. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's nice and warm today. So, and again, I keep saying this. We either need a remote control for the HVAC up here because it gets cold pretty fast. Oh, you're right. But like the first 15 minutes, like if we just dropped by a little early. Could bring a fan. I don't know if that would... Uh, yeah, you know, sound would ambient noise. Yeah, we got the windows open, so if you hear cars driving by. Yeah. So again, in twenty minutes, we're going to be great. Oh. This, the first few minutes is a little toasty. This is basically an attic. Yeah, and, and downstairs, it's perfect. Yeah, downstairs, oh, is beautiful. Oh my gosh! You walk up twelve steps, and it's like uh, it literally <laughs> takes your breath away. It like, is. Oh my god! You got a little sweat on your brow. Oh, unquestionably <laughs> so. Like no doubt. I, and oh. I sweat from like looking at warm weather. Right, like, right. I don't yeah, even have to lose some weight today. I'm a sweater. It's yeah. like it's just being in a sauna. Yeah. So but, okay. it's in lieu of commercials, let's mention our sponsors. Since sure. We, we won't have sure, the luxury sure. of those produced spots. So Troy, you know, we just can't thank you enough. You obviously keep this show in line and, and edit out all the, the things that need to be edited, which luckily is not all that much, but you certainly do all kinds of work for us every week, and we miss you. And if you like uh, podcasting and you'd like to be a part of that, and if you'd like your podcast to sound good, check in with Troy at Front Porch Studios, yes. frontporchstudios.com. I can do the door. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't good. But he's got that good sound effect with the door opening. Yeah, it does. Good. Yeah. And what's your banging today? Oh, sorry. No, no bang. Yeah, you're no, you're no a banger. No I am, man. I'm Troy, Troy can't edit, edit us out this week. Out. So, Berea Pond, Aaron at uh, buckshotandlead.com. If you're local, uh, Berea Pond is the coolest place. So, check in there Absolutely. for some furniture yes. and rugs and guns and all kinds of cool stuff. Palettes. So Yeah, and, and we only want guns to be sold to good, safe, responsible owners, as Aaron would as well. So if you want it for hunting, swing in there. If you want to shoot up a school, don't go in there. Yeah. We prefer you not buy the guns. Unfortunately, that would have been a better joke 20 years ago. Now it's, you know. <laughs> no question. Uh, Dad's flooring, of course, the the, the land of this uh, gorgeous, awesome studio. Um, again, a little, little toasty, but it's not we his fault. No, we no, should we swing in twenty minutes early, and it's yeah. Well, you know, that's true too. Yes, and I'm closer, so that probably is, is on me to figure Fair. that out. Yes, but uh, so Dad's flooring, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Nate at Stoveleg Media, our, our parent company. Send him a check today. Oh, did you really? Yes, he appreciates. I literally that. did. Yes, very nice. And I, and he sent an email that requested a bill, and I <laughs> pretended like I didn't see it. So who this? Yeah, well, I was like, what? What is this? And it's like, no, speak English, which I think is probably a joke you're not permitted <laughs> yeah, to make. Probably anymore. not. Yeah. So and of course the Rational Boomer podcast, who uh, who does a great job of promoting our show as yes. well. So we'd like to promote him. He's now he's a little bit farther left than us. So well, so if you're li- if, you know if you he really is. just want to go bash the Republicans, he's your guy. Right. So hopefully we're a right. little bit closer to the middle than he is. But but he's an awesome guy, super friendly, great dude. So, all right, I think that covers him. Yeah, that's thank it. you all. So, thank so you thanks all. everybody. We'll we'll hit you again at some point in the show. We'll we'll say thanks. okay, cool. So, maybe it's the end. Maybe not. So I met the governor. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty fun. And how did it go? It was nice, man. He did a fundraiser in Berea at uh, there's a little restaurant who I, which I won't name because they don't sponsor our show and they don't deserve it. But a nice newer restaurant here in town, uh, and he showed up for a fundraiser. Our, our buddy May, who ran, who may have been for state senator, was going to do the show. Was a little bit aggravated after losing the the last election. Right. Ended up not coming on, but super sweet lady, like just the best lady. And she she put on the fundraiser for the governor and invited me, and uh, you know I was able to go hang out with probably seventy five people or so. And you were going to come, but you were out we of town. Were for yeah, Savannah. But yeah, but it was really nice. It was kind of laid back, and he you know he had plenty of time to kind of walk the room and shake hands and take a picture with everybody. That's cool. And nice enough guy. Like I don't know how he'd be to grab a beer with, but you know in the moment he was having a bourbon and friendly enough oh, was guy. He? Yeah. Oh, good friend. Shook hands and you know and and, and this if for those who may not know this is uh, Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir. Kentucky has their elections in off years, so this is an or odd years. So he is running for re-election after serving a four-year term 
against um, the incumbent Attorney General Daniel Cameron. And the race is heating up. But, um, you know, this is obviously, as we all know, a very red state. I think, man, 62-38 they voted for Trump or Kentucky did. Yeah. So it's really tough for Bashir. But I'd say it's at least 50-50. He's done a hell of a job as governor. I think so. And I, I think certainly deserving of reelection. Completely. Yeah. You know, and, one of, and we kind of had, for those who aren't in Kentucky, had kind of a Trumpy guy in Matt Bevin. Oh, God. Who announced his divorce this week. Oh, no shit. Yeah, didn't he? Didn't, I didn't. This week, his divorce was, divorce was announced. Uh. But, you know, he was kind of rough, and I think he was uh, cutting into or trying to cut into some teacher pensions. He was. And do some things he that was. the state workers, you know, obviously didn't like very much. Right. And I think that was probably the catalyst. But it felt like there was some shady land dealings and things going on as well. Uh, to say he was a Trumpy guy is actually a really good way to put it. He was very much a Trumpy guy almost before Trump. He was like, you know, because he was elected in, uh, so Andy was elected in 19, so he'd have been elected in 15. Oh, wow. So he was really on that, early on that Trump train. Yeah. 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 So. And the state didn't love him. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it was just, it was such a bad optic. Right. With so many teachers right. in the state to be trying to go after those pensions right. in an election year. I mean, it just did him in. Right. So now you've got an incumbent who probably, without Bevin, wouldn't have gotten elected because he is a Democrat. And I think he's done a good enough job that, like I said, it's at least 50-50 if you're handicapping the race. And I hate to—and Daniel Cameron is an African-American— but I said this to Patty last night, when the, where the rubber meets the road, do you think there will be some resistance to skin color in far eastern Kentucky, even though the Democrats are probably not loved there anymore, though they were years ago? It, it, will that keep a few people from pulling a lever? That's a fascinating question, question right? Because you're going to, yeah. you, and I know those people. There are some right. of those people in the right. backwoods. That are going to be, man, am I going to vote for a black guy or a right. Democrat? And that's really going to be tough on him. And politics is endlessly fascinating, because I'm sure you've already seen Bashir's first ad, where he's in the Russell Springs, I think it's Russell, not Russell Springs, but something Springs Church out in western Kentucky where he grew up, where both his grandfather and great-grandfather were Baptist pastors. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. I mean, and he doesn't say that, but it, it, it's in the church, and it says uh, whatever the name of the church is, and he doesn't give the name of the church, but he says, oh, it's great to be back here at home, basically, where both my grandfather and great-grandfather were Baptist ministers, you know, so it's already appealing to yeah. what you have to do, right? Right. But you know? and, and the nice thing about that, too, of being in a state like this, like, you're not going to win that governorship being far left. So no. he's going to be a common sense kind of guy. Well, he hasn't governed far left. No, he's, he's been, been common sense. And, yeah. I, and you do extreme en- common sense. You do enjoy that. Could we get him on? I, I'd like to. Shit, I, that I, would I be think- a, that would be a haul. I don't know if he's got time to waste on a couple of knuckleheads like us. Well, the good thing, like some of our interviews that I've got, you, you go in under the guise of, you know, I run eight radio stations and a TV station. There you go. We're going to use some excerpts from this. There you go. And just kind of blur that line. I don't know if that's dishonest, but you get them on for 30 minutes. You take some of that audio yeah. and we use And your it. boss would love a Democrat to have, you know, some positive. <laughs> well, would we go after Cameron too, right? I think that sure. would be, sure. be great to chat with both of them. Sure, I, you know, absolutely. I, he, he may surprise me as well. Yeah, I, that's right. And, and to Cameron's point... Or to, to his, his credit, credit, he's not been super far right. I mean, I don't think he was as far right as Kelly Kraft in, in no. politically. I mean, I mean, you know, it's just tough, like you say, in this state, Trizan. And I know you're going to talk about DeSantis getting in. And I want to hear more about uh, your visit with with Governor Bashir. But just before that, I, I make the joke. I just finished DeSantis' book called The Courage to be Free. And it's very um, timely. It was written... So if this is uh, June, hey, happy June, June first. If this is June of twenty-three, this book is no more than a year old. It was probably written last summer, and it was sort of his preclude to running. You know, now I'll say this critically: Ron DeSantis, in reading that book, is a big I, 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 me, me, me guy. Oh yeah, Ron likes Ron. He's a big feeling fella, as my neighbor (laughs) Pearl would call him. I had to ask Pearl, what does that mean? Somebody who you know likes themselves, big, big big-headed, big feeling. Okay, yeah, Ron DeSantis definitely a big feeling fella. I get it, but the thing that really kind of nagged at me, Tristan, is this, this man spent six years in the Northeast, four at Yale and two at Harvard. And rather than be proud of that privilege, rather than say, I went to the best institutes in the, in the country, if not the world, for my education, he has to do the, uh, well, I was always uncomfortable and I had to always point out to the elites where they were, you know, wrong. Well, if you disliked it that much, Governor, go to the, back to Gainesville. I'm sure the University of Florida would love to have you, sure. and you would be more comfortable. Don't give me this bullshit about I spent six years, but it was all terrible. Yeah. You know, it's like the evangelist who said that porn movie was so bad I had to watch it twice. You know, <laughs> It was so upsetting. You know, 
no, I just hate that. Yeah. But they have to it's appeal. It's very disingenuous. It is disingenuous. Be, be proud of that. But they have to appeal to those people who are going to think, oh, those damn Yankee boys are elitist. You know, yeah. they got to tread that line. So Cameron, same thing. Yeah. You have to. And you, you can, it's, it sucks to not be proud of how successful you've been. You know, right. you went to six, spent six years at the best schools in the country. Tell us that. Yeah. And there has to be a point also, right, where people start to see that as disingenuous. I and would you think see, so. Tim, I did. Yeah. You're like, well, you know, yeah, you, you went to Yale, you went to Harvard, you know, you, you went to, to wonderful, places. That, wonderful. Yes. Like, you know, when are you going to quit trying to distance yourself from it, that? Well, that's, that's it. That's kind of garbage. And, and, you know, the same thing happened with Ryan Quarles, who I watched that uh, Republican debate that didn't include Cameron or Kelly Kraft, the one right before Election Day. And I was pretty impressed with Ryan Quarles, sec- uh, former uh, 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 Secretary of Agriculture in Kentucky, enough that I Googled him. I thought, you know, this guy's pretty sharp. Well, I Googled him. He went to Vanderbilt undergrad, and he went to Harvard for a master's degree. Well, he's speaking, and he says, uh, who, who would think, uh, you know, what a great state, what a great country, that a kid who grew up on a tobacco farm in Georgetown could go to a school like Vanderbilt and then pursue post-secondary. Right. Well, you pursued it at fucking Harvard, but he didn't want to say that right. because he might offend these rubes here. I mean, to me, that's really shitty. It's shitty and, and disingenuous that's, that's a to the highest level. That's a reflection of a lot. I just, you know. And, and I, you see that a lot. And again, we certainly bash the Republican Party a fair amount on the show, and, and we can bash the Democrats a little bit as well. But yes, that's extremely disingenuous. Like, would it be fair to say that college or colleges are getting to a place where there's one right way and there's no room for the words of anybody else. And certainly maybe are less about free speech, maybe as a college campus should be. Those are certainly things that we should look at and sure. talk about. And right. we shouldn't just say because they're Democrats that, you know, we, you know, we can't shout down every single person we disagree with. So there's things you could say, look, I went to Harvard and there were some things that make me uncomfortable. That's it. But it was fucking Harvard. That's and I right. got a Harvard education. Exactly. Which shows up everywhere in the world. Exactly. So that's a better so, way to tread it. Yes. Right. Not yes. this oh it was so horrible and, and, drug through Harvard. And, and so tell me, so so they're afraid, be it Mr. Uh, 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 Secretary Quarles or, uh, or or Governor DeSantis, they're afraid what, Trison, that somebody's gonna go, Oh, elitist, Harvard. I can't vote for him. Instead of like your point. Yeah, there were some things that upset me. I, I had my battles, but all in all, I'm at one of the great institutes. Sure. And that's a more reason to vote for me. Not, oh, it was uncomfortable the whole time I was up there. Well, then fucking go back to Gainesville and right. go to the University of Florida. Right. And then that solves your problem. Exactly. Don't spend six years and then bitch about the six years. And I'll bet you the University of Florida was a little <laughs> bit less expensive than Harvard. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, Golly, yeah. So that's what I took out of his book. He's a big I, 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 me, me, me guy. He doesn't really mention the people that worked with him much. It's I did this and I did that and me, me, me. And, of course, his cause celeb is um, what he did during the pandemic. You know, hence the name of the book, The Courage to Be Free, because he opened Florida up and, you know, he was up. But if you look at Florida, it's in the middle of the pack. It's not like, at the end of the day, did things stay closed too long or was it wrong to close everything? Perhaps. That's something we'll have to look at. So he likes to be on the head of the curve of that. But it's not like they had more or less. Uh, I mean, they were right in the middle of the pack of deaths. I think the states that closed up, like Vermont, still sort of lead in, in least amount of deaths. So, you know, I don't know. It's still a mixed bag, put it that way. Yeah, that's pretty fair. And I, the, the thing that I run into with DeSantis, and I guess it's my personal inner struggle, is at least at the moment, I would say, if you're not taking Trump as your guy, you're probably taking DeSantis, yeah. at least in this moment. Right. And I found him to be a prick. There was a scene <laughs> where he, he uh, there was some kids. This was middle of the pandemic, but they were outside. The kids, was like a high school that welcomed him for something. He was giving a speech, and they, the kids were wearing masks. And he's like, this is outside. Take those masks off. What a joke. And it was, just came off such a dickish thing to yeah, watch. Yeah. But knowing that, hey, I'm in my bubble, and I'm going to see his worst moments, I do have to remind myself. He's not Trump, and I don't feel like at least he's going to try to overthrow democracy. No, I don't think so. And obviously, he's a very well-educated man. Well educated you know how guy. I know that, Tristan? <laughs> Whether he wants to own it or not. Because <laughs> yeah, he went to fucking Harvard and Yale. Exactly. So, so there's that. But um, no, he, he's very intelligent. He makes his case. I think if you met him, you'd probably find a pretty likable guy. Played baseball at Yale. Yeah, nice. So there's that. And the story... And apparently was pretty good. Was on a Little League team that... Um, 
Oh, I'm, I, can't, I can't remember if they made it to. I think they made it to Williamsport and lost their first game, but he made it to Williamsport. Nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> and the story of him dating girls, which I guess is kind of man, that's really. I don't up. know if it's speculation. It wasn't in his book. I'll tell you that. Supposedly, this was a thing from his friend. So again, take it with a grain of salt. I, I don't have a confirmation, but supposedly he would take girls out on dates in college, and he would very intentionally mispronounce stuff. And if the girl would correct him, he would say. He would immediately get up and leave. The day would be done because he's not going to date a girl that has the audacity to tell him he's being wrong. Wow. Which I think, oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, that goes to the ego that is very prominent in the book. Again, third time, I, 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 me, me, me. Yeah. He's, I think Ron would uh, be – he might be one of those people, and you know these people, and I find him to be the most boring, is they talk about themselves – um, and then you mentioned something that you might have done, and they just, they're off. They're gone. It's, it's, <laughs> the conversation is them, me, I, what I did, me, me, me. And those are boring people, man. And those, are, those people are hard to be friends with. They just are. And, I, mean, I, yeah, and, I, and you and I are talkers. We've probably got a smidge of that. But I think we're so conscious of that as well that you're going to sometimes concede the conversation. Yeah, people may not believe this. I'm not a big fan of talking about me. I like to ask people questions because it keeps them talking about them because most people's favorite subject is them. Well, I'll exclude you then. I've got a little of that but, in me. But well, I'm, no, I do I'm too. But what I'm it. saying is even when you ask questions, people that are better conversationalists will return that question with something. You yeah. know, People who aren't just go off on themselves. And, and you, you and I kind of doing this almost for a living – um, or being around people who do it for a living, you pick up on that pretty quickly, and you can say to yourself, oh, this is a guy who I can have a decent conversation with, or, oh, this is a guy who's just going to fucking talk about himself. Yeah, and I think Ronnie is that guy. That's funny. Now, Trump, ironically, might be a conversationalist. I wonder. Well, I don't think he plays that role. The you role know, that we know him as? He seems to like to talk yeah, about himself. Yeah, but and, I think if you caught him in a quiet mind, so much of what he does as president is a fucking act. Yeah. It really yeah, he is. He feels that way. It feels well, that way. Well, and to Governor Bashir's credit, I couldn't ask him any questions. He was busy asking me about myself and my wife about herself. Oh, that's a politician, so there, huh? Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of like, oh, tell me this or what's wow. that like? And, you know, was very much interested in who we were and where we were from and, and that How kind about of thing. So, yeah, so that... That's, and I'm sure that's a trick of the trade. I'm sure that's... It's a trick of the trade. But, so what did you what did you get? Ten minutes or... I mean, I, we probably... We could have spent 15, 20 minutes chatting with him, but, you know... Yeah, you don't want to dominate. Exactly. Yeah. We, I went up to him early because I didn't know how long he was going to do that, and I wanted right. a picture with him. So I jumped up kind of early, got a picture, spent five minutes chatting, and then kind of excused myself because, to your point, I didn't want to keep that from the other 74 people. Right, there. right, right. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think we both know people that we could probably name if we wanted to that you know when you sit down with them for a beer at work, they're never going to ask you about anything. No. They only want to tell you what. what yeah. they, and oh, they will God, segue yeah. from what you're saying into to make it about Oh, absolutely. Them. Yeah. They, they, no, they, that is tough. They are, you know, I don't know how else to say it. Those are fairly boring people. Yeah. I don't think any of my better friends, with the exception of Jaeger, he does that, but his stories are all good. No. It does I'm help. It does help when they're entertaining, at least. <laughs> yeah. right? Well, my brother-in-law, my late brother-in-law, Vinny, he could go on endlessly, but it was uh, the stories were always good, so you didn't mind it. So that, yeah. that that's a feature of it. But, um, no, I, I, I don't really surround myself with people that are that way. I just, um, you know, they just are kind of boring. Yeah. Hey, man, you're drinking Cumberland Gap Mountain Water. Look at this, Cumberland Gap Mountain Water with my Thomas Walker baseball hat. So I'm all like... Thomas back, Walker back was home. the high school you went to? Name of the high school. That's a really nice hat. Why, how'd they start selling hats? Thomas Walker Pioneers. Uh, you know, I'm friends with the new baseball coach on ah, Facebook. Ah, gotcha. He just put it on there, have some extra hats, and I... Oh, very cool. coming into town. Yeah, not I many said, are going to identify that hat. No. Thomas know. Walker. Who I think was an early explorer. Probably. probably of the... Um, probably. Yeah. Uh, but Patty and I just got back from Savannah, which I'll talk about that, but we were coming, and uh, it had been a couple long days, but I... I you know, there's a little, uh, what's it called? Uh, I'm not misnomer, but there's a little thing in, in my family where it's they take uh, we're taking one of Daddy's long cuts. I don't mind taking the great roads around here. I like that. So, yeah. yeah. So I was looking at the map, GPS, and I do. I travel with the Atlas and the GPS. No, not because I'm a Luddite, which I am, but you can use them in concert. You can use them together because yeah. the, the paper Atlas gives you the whole picture. Right. And the GPS, get you know, it can, but it's just easier to see it. It's, right. You use them together. I still travel with an Atlas. Yeah. Now, when I have it out and I'm looking, I'm sure people are going by, truck drivers, like, look <laughs> at this asshole. But um, I, it, it's probably like if you went, I think it's 25E, you're through that tunnel and you take that loop, it might be an hour. 
that you'd be off the interstate and yeah. driving right through Middlesbrough and Cumberland Gap. And I've yeah. never been there. I've never seen it. You've really so I need go. to do it. Yeah, man, it's so yeah. pretty to to make that you know hour drive. Yeah, you won't regret it. And right, you'll go through Middlesbrough, which I mentioned to you earlier, which is literally in a crater, the right? only town in a crater in the world from an asteroid hit. So that's pretty wild. Pretty fascinating. And there's a really cool tunnel that opened up when I was uh, about to graduate high school. That everybody should, you know, it's a tunnel's a tunnel, but it's really pretty for a tunnel. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, Cumberland Gap's got some really nice, like, coffee and tea sandwich type places to grab a bite sure. as you're passing sure. through. You, you wouldn't regret it no. once and probably would become something you would do every time. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. yeah. And of course, the history with Daniel Boone coming through. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And the Wilderness Road. And, yeah. Yeah. And great very state neat. parks and. A lot of cool, easy stuff to go hang out and do. Yeah, I wound up uh, Googling Middlesbrough. It's got some history. There was a time where it was brothels and, like, illegal liquor. Yeah, and still kind of wild. Is it? There's some places still and some folks that still... Yeah, they said it wasn't uncommon for a gunfight, you know, in the yeah. 18-whatever. So, yeah, it's pretty wild. So I do need to do that. Yeah, you guys but, would um, like it. How's the trip? It was great. You've been to Savannah? Have been, yes. I really like it. Big fan of Savannah. Big fan. It just seems like you go a lot. Well, I hadn't been until February of this year. I was 62 before I made it there. But it's, you know, there's like a half a dozen cities across the country. Nashville would be one. San Diego, Austin, Texas. And I think Savannah, where people just always go, man, it's great. And I suppose anywhere in Hawaii. You know, most people go and enjoy themselves. Um, And even my cynical brother really liked it. He really liked Nashville. I don't think he loved Memphis. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, um, it, How come? It, it was a great trip. Well, partly because we got locked out of the effing oh, Airbnb. I that, story. that didn't help. And then he came down with COVID. Oh, um, and it was a thousand degrees. But, uh, uh, well, there's a great hotel in Me- Memphis. Like, literally, just I would recommend it to anybody the Peabody. And Ray was in the fraternity. And we stayed in the Peabody for like 200, 250 maybe. And when the, and when we tried to book it, they wanted six hundred bucks. Oh God! Per room, so wow. it we, it didn't happen, and it just makes for a better experience because you're right down in Memphis in the middle of everything. Yeah, and it's and it's a really really super cool hotel like Elvis Presley. We did a, we did go over. They advertise uh, the South's largest living room, their lobby, yeah. and we did go over and have a couple of drinks. But that's where Elvis signed his first contract in the Peabody oh, lobby. How cool! So yeah, it was really cool. But at any rate, I love Savannah, and in fact, enough that, and I'm not saying this. Is ever going to happen? But on the Monday, Memorial Day, when we were leaving, we went and looked at a couple of apartment uh, complexes. Really? If in fact retirement ever came, and of course, Patty's got her ninety-year-old mom who she's not going to leave, and does mom move? Whatever, whatever. But yeah, they were. Um, so she she was critical of them both. The first one because it was up and down. Now we're getting older. One level would be nice. So then we found sure. townhouses that are one level, and it was funny. She couldn't figure out what was bugging her. What was bugging her? We were walking around, and actually, we had a woman approach us i think one of the workers they were working memorial day said man these these people so she, she was not from the realtor she was from the construction guy oh, i can't have you walking around all right that's cool but she didn't really rush us out but but we got in one of them and they were real nice because it was one level but something was bothering patty something was bothering and she couldn't quite put her finger on it and we were like half an hour down the road driving she goes i got it there was not a single tree there was not a single tree. Oh, wow. They had just taken this marshland, because there's a lot of marshland in Georgia yeah. near the coast, and just built on it, you know? And there was not a single tree. Now, maybe they're going to plant them, but, yeah, it's really nice. I really like that town. It's got well, a, apparently, if you guys are considering that as maybe a place to jet off to. Yeah, well, that or yeah. maybe retire. That's a, yeah, crazy. When's that coming up? Uh, well, it's up to say. I sh- maybe I shouldn't say this on the air, but there's rumors about Galaxy selling. So, working. did I tell you that? Yeah. Working for new owners, uh, we'll have to see how that goes. If the if the sale goes through, we'll have to see how it is working for new owners. I yeah, mean, I, we can talk a little bit about more about that off air. Yeah, right? I'm 63 on my next birthday, you know, yeah. so Patty nope. and I could do it. Yeah. What, what are the ages that you could actually retire? I mean, maybe not just you, but 62. generally. 62. I mean, the, generally 62. That's when you're first eligible for Social Security. Really? But you take a hit. You know, if you can wait till your full retirement, which for me is 67, and then if you wait till 70, you're actually bonus. So, I mean, Social Security checks range from, ah, on the low end, probably for somebody who's worked their whole life, you know, like 1,200 to 2,800, yeah. somewhere in there, which is not going to, which is not going to pay your bills, but that's a hell of a supplement. Right. Especially if you get closer to the 2,800. No doubt. You know. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, something that we should all be thinking about, and hopefully, you know, by the time I'm well, in honestly, that range, they're not pushing it. Another... Patty's, you know, I've 
been self-employed and I've worked for two smaller companies that didn't provide much in the way of retirement, so I've put some money away on my own, but I don't have any pension or anything. The biggest part of our retirement is Patty's Kentucky KTS, you know, Kentucky Teacher, KTRS, Kentucky Teacher Retirement. Which Bevin um, would have kicked into. Which? Matt Bevin, Governor Bevin, would have kind of hurt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Teachers very much call back beat that, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's, it's good enough that they'll probably have to change it because the state is paying a lot of money. But uh, hopefully they grandfather it in, and yeah, that'll be the biggest chunk of our retirement. But at any rate, um, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm upset I missed out on meeting Governor Bashir because heck, Tristan, if he wins this election in Kentucky, I'd say by what's the next presidential election? 28. Yeah. After this one, he could be a player. I don't know if he could, you know, run for president, but maybe a vice president or well, yeah, probably throw his hat in the ring, see something. what he could do, and maybe he could become. VP I mean, a, early a, and a, he's a still young, yeah, a successful Democrat in a red state is something to look at. Definitely. I mean, that's what Clinton was. Yeah, you know, agreed. So yeah, and speaking of guys running for president, a uh, boy from a place you may have heard of, New Jersey, Chris Christie is now. Did Fat Boy throw his hat in? He's he's jumped in he's yesterday. In. Yeah. Now, I'm a Christie guy. Like, you know, I, under normal circumstances, I probably wouldn't vote for him over a normal circumstances Democrat. But he's definitely like a really nice padded fallback of a Republican that you're like, all right. I oh, feel he's a padded fallback. <laughs> <laughs> that was unplanned. Yeah. But, but it, you know, you, you don't feel like, oh, no, he's going to steal the election and, you know, claim Dominion's cheating no, votes no, for the next right. 20 years. That's right. He's going to be an up and up kind of. Loud mouth, but but again, Tristan, like loud mouth, right? But Jersey, but uh, <laughs> that was just so out of the ordinary. That's why we were all shocked. That's why people still, you know, talk about Trump in ways they don't other people because you know, right? How does that happen? How does a guy stay saying this was rigged that I need to become president again? And the my pillow guy, you know, saying <laughs> which he's finally quieted down. But remember, he was uh, on July sixth. Uh, they're going to throw Biden out of office, whatever the date was. Right. And Trump's going to become president. He did that for like a year. Oh, well, that was the QAnon stuff. And right? the like, QAnon like, bullshit. Yeah, you don't yeah. hear much from that anymore. Yeah. So, but anyway, like, well, what do you think of Christie? Well, he's kind of a call it like it is guy, right? I mean, I, I, so what's going to be interesting, Tristan, is if there's any path for those guys, it has to be in lack of a better word, in attacking Trump. So those yeah. are going to be fun. Because right. you can't fucking ignore the elephant in the room. No question. Now, DeSantis is trying to, but he's not going to, because you know Trump's going to... can coming, only do it so long. Oh, so long. Trump's going to be coming with both barrels. Right. And do I think Christie's pretty good at throwing back? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that clip, if you remember Marco Rubio, he basically ended his, where he was like, oh, there it is, the rehearsed 25-second speech. And Rubio's just... Back yeah. on his heels with nothing, right? <laughs> that, that was phenomenal. Yeah, it was great. So if yeah. he can do that to Trump, then, you know, it, it's going to be a fight. And to me, I see that as the only way a moderate Republican is going to win anything Absolutely. nationally anytime soon. Absolutely. Because there's too much of that far-right-wing Tea Party MAGA stuff that it's going to be really, really hard for a semi-normal, you know, guy to do it. But, again, to your point, if you have somebody that's – coming in calling Trump a ballless prick or something that, you know, just has all the balls in the world, then maybe he could actually have normal policy and win a national election. Yeah, and I don't even know if you have to get that far down in the mud because then you're kind of playing his game. But if you just remind him of what he tried to do. But you can't play two different do. games, right? Like, you almost have to do that. Yeah, but I'm saying you can do it just by reminding him how he governed. Like, you were the guy that, you know, didn't fucking leave the White House. You never gave a concession speech. You're still telling us you won the election, and you're full of shit. With all of that, somebody just needs to, and, and Christie could be that guy, but like we talk about, you know, Joe Biden is eminently beatable. There's no doubt about that. Maybe, yeah. maybe the only Republican he beats is Trump. Maybe the, the Biden people should root hard for Trump. So if they're going to win, they're going to have to peel off some Democratic uh, uh, voters. And could Christie appeal to moderate Democrats, to your point? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I definitely think so. I don't know that DeSantis can. Because he's got to pay for Disney. So he's You know, that Disney yeah. fight was a horrible that fight. Was stupid. Stupid. For a smart man, very stupid. But, you know, that would be like the governor of Kentucky going after the bourbon industry. Right. They've just had it too good for too long. Like horse racing, no. We're, exactly we're right. After you. It just right. didn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, just totally stupid. Not a good deal. Right. No, it was a dumb thing to do yeah. for a smart man. Now, you know how I know he's smart? <laughs> Where's he from? <laughs> well, no, Harvard oh. and Yale. Oh, yeah. No, not, not Christie, but okay. DeSantis. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. But then the other guy to watch is that guy, Sununu, up in New Hampshire, who's an interesting guy. 
Yeah, a little bit, probably a little farther right, but still middle-ish. Yeah, 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 probably a little farther right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair, but yeah, middle-ish, yeah. So, so I think once once you start getting down to brass tacks, though, man, and, and the primaries, it's going to either be a far-right Trumpy or it's going to be, you know, to me, like a Chris Christie who is just willing to then debase himself by doing the nicknames and calling Trump out and maybe getting a little blue. I just can't see a far-right Trumpy getting elected, can you? No, I, I, but, but I can where see does him that moderate find that lane? Yeah, but, but I can see him getting the the primary nod, right? Because that's what they want. So that's the tough thing. Like the guy who wins the primary isn't necessarily the best national candidate, right? So you would like to, or well, at least I would like to see again some of that old school, middle of the road John McCain, Chris Christie type uh, person on the right. But yeah, I, well, that was I the just old, think that th those days have sailed with the base. I think so, but that was the old Richard Nixon advice back when he was running. That you know you had to. Uh, so again, a lot of this has existed for years. It's just been magnified, I guess, over the past eight or 12 years, or maybe since Obama. But um, uh, Nixon's advice was you had to be quite conservative in the run-up to the primary, and then you had to middle of the road in the general. So the primary is over by this time of year, May, June, next year. This time we'll know who the fucking nominee is. Wow. Most likely. Yeah. And then you have, what, uh, July, August, September, October, four months to sort of moderate yourself. Right. You know? Yeah. It's fascinating. And Joe didn't help himself today. I've just... I, I, my, of course, my sister who can't, my right-wing sister can't, you know, miss any opportunity. Did he fall yeah, I guess at the Air was, Force Academy? He was ha yeah, handing out diplomas uh, for graduation. You know, I'm sure gave a speech. Guess there was a bag of sand on there that he just he kicked and, and went down. So another clip of Joe falling is you know just what you need on Fox News for the next. That, six it'll months. be on for the next yeah three oh, days. God. Yeah. You know nothing about how well he did with McCarthy. Nothing, sure. No kudos to yeah, how they work things out. Yeah. Nothing to the fact that he is still that guy who can find middle ground. He yeah. is still that guy that knows the process. Because I sent her a text, Risen. I saw him interviewed from some report by some reporters. And there were five or six thrown questions at him. The fucking man, I'm talking about Biden now, he was lucid. He was funny. He answered like six different questions as Air, you know, Marine One's in the background. No drooling on himself. I right. mean, he, he comported himself very favorably. Yeah. You're never going to see that clip on Fox News. <laughs> no. Ever. And that's the sad thing, right? And I, again, I think that's why we try to do what we do here, at least a part of that genesis, is to sort of talk about that stuff that you're not going to get in mainstream media on the right or the left. And it is a shame that... You're only getting this one version of Joe Biden. The bubble, as you say. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, I think I mentioned this on a show a week or two ago. There's this great clip of Lindsey Graham, and he goes on for like five minutes. Like, you may not like Joe Biden's politics. But he's From the, the 90s, right? I may not, not even have been early that long aughts. ago. Yeah. yeah, early aughts. And he was saying, like, this is the sweetest, best human being. And, you know, he's got your back, and he'll work with everybody, and he's as genuine as they come. He's a real human. Like, just... You, he would be drawn and quartered if he tried to do that today. And that's the biggest shame of politics, that it can't be, look, we look at abortion and we disagree. We look at gun rights, and there's some disagreement on where that line should be. It's, I have to hate you now. And that is, that's tough, and I think that's going to get worse over the next couple of years, especially if Trump gets the nomination. And we each go back and forth and blame the other for that, you know, liberals that hate sure. anything conservative. But I still go back. I, it's been a number of shows since I mentioned them. And, and, and you know, it's going to be up to historians. But I still look at this era, and I, I really believe that Limbaugh was the one that upped that ante and changed that, Tristan. He just opened that door, and then Fox kicked it over. But Limbaugh cracked that door of you couldn't just disagree politically. You had to personalize your opponent. Yeah. You had to make them something negative that you really hated them, you know? And that started with, you know, Hillary and, 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 and Bill and, 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 and on it went from there. Now, I'm sure they would tell you, well, you people beat Ronald Reagan to death, which I do remember a lot of lefties, myself included, who thought Reagan was a, a fucking moron and, and they... Um, and, and they were very upfront about saying that. So it is that chicken and egg, right? Yeah. Which one? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, politics is, is a big boy bare knuckle game. Right. Or a big girl bare, bare knuckle game. It's a fist fight. It's down in the mud. I mean, look at Jefferson and Adams in 1800 sure. or 1804. Brutal campaign. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, Adams was the one who uncovered the, the, the illegitimate slaves. I mean, he basically right. said this guy's a, a bastard who's, you know, having sex with black women. Yeah. You know, what scandalous. Of course, course, of course, Jefferson yeah. had to d d deny that, but it was true. Right. You know, so it's nothing new. Yeah. So th 
good point, but it does feel like at least it does, and I'm sure you're it is living cyclical. In the but yeah, it's cyclical of course, but it does feel like it is becoming somewhat grosser in terms of less just the the candidates and more so people you see in the street have to make you feel bad if you are a certain way or the other. And I think that is and again, I wasn't alive in, you know, 1826. But it, that feels a little d- different than anything I've seen in my 42 well, years. I mean, that could be your social media, and that could be um, just how much people are involved now. I mean, I've heard Mark talk about it. You know, his parents, he didn't know his parents, barely knew his parents' politics, if he did. Certainly didn't know any of their friends, and they never talked about it. So you could get together with right-wingers, left-wingers, and you were doing other things, talking sports, playing cards, whatever. But now it does seem to be prominent, doesn't it? Yeah. you got to know somebody's politics before you can let them in the yeah. freaking house. Like, that's the issue that's going to trump. We both like the same sports team. We work at the same spot. Like, our politics is kind of taking precedence So is in, in a lot of situations. Another social media-driven thing? It's, well, yes, because you wouldn't know everybody's politics if it wasn't for everybody right. constantly posting, this is what I had for dinner, this is what I'm doing right now, and this is my thoughts on gay marriage. Right. So instead of just, you never knew what your neighbor thought. I mean, to, to your uh, the, your neighbor that you mentioned, you see the one Bible and you make assumptions on, right. the, on the, right. the driver's license. But, yeah, it is, it's different now. You definitely know far more about, you know, a guy you went to high school with than you did you know, 20 years ago. Man, and Trump-Biden is just going to... Every open wound is just going to continue to fester, isn't it? It's, I mean, good Christ. Yeah. Can, can we not get two new candidates? I mean, like I said, I don't know that you could find five in a hundred Americans who want to see a rematch of Trump and Biden. <laughs> and right now, it looks that's where we're heading. Yeah. Which is, I don't know if that's a failure of the system, or I, I, I just, I don't know, Tristan. Well, you and I love politics, and I can't answer you that question. Yeah, I, well, I think that sort of goes back to the old stat that, that somebody pulls up every couple of years that 75% or 80% of, of people... Of incumbents? No, oh. no, dislike, the, uh, dislike Congress. Like, they completely disagree with Congress. But, but they, they like their congressmen. But they keep re-electing their congressmen. Or they like so. their congressmen. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it used to be. So they, they, they had this wickedly negative view of Congress as a whole. On the macro level, but on the micro level, their individual congressperson, oh, yeah, I like he or she pretty well. I've met Ernie. I've met George. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's kind of bizarre. What else you got, man? Well, a question for you, and this is, you know, with, there's a big writer strike going on right now, as you're man, probably well still. aware. And I'm a late-night TV guy, so, like, for me, this is miserable. Has I'm it like, been suffering? Colbert. Is it all reruns? Everything's reruns. Oh, see, I don't, I'm not as big a, yeah. I'm not as big as a fan to realize it's all reruns. That sucks. Now, here's the caveat. Everything but Gutfeld, who apparently has no writers, because it's just a conversational show. Yeah, true. So Gutfeld is new, so I find myself watching, watching like him. 30 minutes of Seth Meyers. It's Myers. pretty cringy. Oh, is it cringy? There's some moments it's okay, but yeah. There's some it's, moments it's okay. very cringy. The point I was going to make, I was actually watching, I watched 20 minutes last night, and uh, he was talking about Christie announcing his campaign. Man, he just did five minutes of fat jokes. Really? And it's kind of like, man, you're just eating your own a little bit wow. there. And so it, if you're not Donald Trump, you can't. That's my th- that's my question. Like, if you're not Donald Trump, you're just not like you don't. And make the other the members of the, his, the other very B celebrities of his or, or C best. celebrities yeah. at best of his panel joined in on that. Well, this was sort of like a this oh, was his little monologue, a, yeah, like his monologue type wow, thing. That's but, really simple. And, and they pulled up. Uh, they did a graphic <laughs> afterward that said things a fat shamer would say. So he would make the joke, and then there would be like a graphic pop on the screen. Things a fat shamer might say, which was like kind of a pretty weak, you know, if you're going to make the joke, fucking own it. Don't try yeah, to play it yeah, off like, yeah. we're, you know, like we're well, not really. The show's pretty weak. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's. It, but it's like the number one show when there's new stuff on, which I don't, you know, I mean, I guess it. it, it to well, if you're part, a conservative, that's where you're going to go. I mean, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I guess. But if, if you add up, you know, Fallon and, and, and Kimmel and. Uh, um, uh, Colbert and, and together, it's probably three to one that they. Sure. But individually, but yes, it's um, it's been a a, a real head scratching success that show. Yeah. Oh, he calls it like he sees it. Does he really? I mean, what the fuck does he call it like he sees it? He says some crazy ass shit. Yeah. But no, it, it kind of took me back, and I started thinking, like, do you see that shit on the left? And you don't see as much like body shaming type stuff. Like they've certainly got better at that, you know. So you probably aren't going to watch Kimmel. Do a monologue, and he's going to just start calling Chris Christie a fat piece of shit. No, but to that point, though, I think you probably do still see that on the left a little bit with Trump. Like, I still think they go after his weight a little bit. 
But yeah, you don't probably. see it nearly as much. Like, it was to the point where I was shocked, A, that they were just completely fat-shaming the shit out of him, and B, he's their guy. He's a, he's a Republican. Yeah, he should be so there. He can be there. You would guy. think, yeah. So I was like, man, that's that's pretty yeah, rough. So then, you, yeah. So then you have to ask another question: Is it, 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 does Trump literally have that much hold on the on because those are all Republicans sitting on those panels? Do they can they not step out and say, you know, hey, Donnie's pretty damn fat too, or or whatever? Yeah. Or yeah, it's that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Fat shaming. So I'll have to tune him in. I've actually not watched him in a little bit, but man, those are some C at best celebrities. Oh my huh? gosh, they're yeah. I've, I've certainly nobody you've ever heard of. No, yeah. no, but they're all doing like Tyrus is going to do five nights somewhere, and who is paying to see this guy? It's got to be awful. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess when you're on a show that's watched by I don't know what a million or I two guess million they go out people, and, they're, and that kind of mousy looking young lady cat she does some shows somewhere i can't figure out if she's hideously unattractive or somewhat attractive <laughs> hideously just, or moderately uh, one was somewhere in between yes and now we're shaming her but i mean i don't know there's just some weird people on that show and like some comedians that you're like wow these guys are comedians yeah. where are they performing yeah it's yeah i don't know it's a wild show but so, it is that is a funny reflection though i guess they are not contingent at all upon writers, which would seem very obvious when you watch the show. Fair. Probably much like listening to this podcast. <laughs> you know, to be fair to well, Greg Gutfeld, this the, podcast is no better. But they make money and are paying. Well, they are. A makes backing. a lot of money. If yeah. somebody was paying us more than the few yeah. hundred bucks now and again, we would definitely be we would be well written and sound better. We have day jobs. We both left our day but jobs actually, to print no, over that, to, to your point, that's really not that Gutfeld show is essentially. Uh, he, he's got yeah. a. Like you've got sharp notes, notes like, just and, like this. and he yeah. just throws it out, and they have a conversation. I don't. Maybe it's rehearsed, but it certainly doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I mean, they, I would assume there's some form rehearsal. of rehearsal because the end they they do a couple skits and stuff in, in the show. Like I've been watching, the guy, and the guy that does Biden is awful. Like it's yeah, I was going to say they bring out some Biden impressionist. Yeah, it's that not, looks nothing. No, like it's Biden. just terrible. He sounds you know forty forty percent like, like Biden, but it's all predictable. You know what it's sure. going to be. Not it's, it's yeah. not funny because I've forgotten where I was and yeah. I'm all. Old and you know, yeah, it is the same joke. It's the same joke. Yeah, yeah. it's the same joke. Right. There you go. That's what it is. So, but yeah, I mean, it, I guess it beats Seth Meyers reruns from two years ago for twenty so minutes just to get some new news. Where is the writer strike at? Man, from what I'm hearing, there's no movement whatsoever, and it's a month or more in. So why don't they just go to fucking AI? <laughs> I think that's what the writers are trying to avoid with the strike. But oh, uh, really? Is that that's what a big part of the part strike of it. is? Yeah, because oh, really? they feel like the AI could start at a certain point writing the same jokes, which they probably could because I think a lot of these late night writers they just go to a database and when they're looking for a fire truck joke, they just go to the database, type in fire truck, and they get a bunch of things that sort of have funny relevance, and a computer could do that. Right and sort of put it together. So yeah, I think part of what oh, this is man, about that takes is away that, the romanticism, Tristan. I always yeah. envision those people because I've often said, "You, you've got a great sense of humor." My late brother Vance Yeager. It's just a lot. If you put six or eight of us into a room uh, and paid us forty hours, and you had to come up with an hour-long show on Saturday night, you could probably come up with some decent stuff. I think so. And now some of it's going to suck, just like it does on <laughs> SNL. I mean, some yeah. of the skits are groaners and they're awful. That's it. But if you get two skits out of an hour, you've done well. Right. You know? Yeah. And SNL, I, I mean, or a weekend update. So so that's, so that's it went off the air and Mar went off the air because no writers? Mar's off SNL, you know, yeah. Kimmel. Because um, I know um, um, somebody was, Pete Davidson was supposed to host it. I don't think he was. Show ever that's happened. it. Yep, didn't happen. That there was, were, I think, the day before. So they'd probably done the rehearsals for the early part of that week and then yeah, no show. So, so that writer strike's been six weeks or so. At least five, I think, at this point. Are maybe they six. Like picketing yeah. and stuff. Is it an yeah. actual strike? That's it. Yep. Every day they're picketing, and you know, and I keep I Google it like every two or three days, and I've just seen no movement at all. I don't. I haven't heard anything. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, all right, change of gears. So Savannah, and on, then on the way back, we were literally in no rush, and so I said, you know. It's not a terrible drive. It's eight hours. I'm used to doing 11 to going to Jersey. But I said, hell, let's split the trip, and we'll stay in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, love Asheville. Beautiful setting. You can see why Vanderbilt went there 100 years ago. But Asheville is, I don't know what your lifestyle would have to be. Well, I guess it would be ultra-conservative to not be accepted there. I mean, it is a town of freaks. (laughs) <laughs> it is a. I mean, I, I, it's great. I loved it. I enjoy. I didn't I haven't seen but, that um, side of it. Like, where, where did you see well, the freaks? I mean, it's just people are. Ever, I don't mean freaks. Like, you know, it's just our buddy Andrew at Galaxy would be right at home. I said, to Andrew, if you yeah. went there, you'd hippie-ish. never leave. Would be very hippieish. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, the, let your freak flag fly, sure. like the Grateful Dead. Said. Yeah, of course. Like, like, very progressive. Yeah, and I don't know. 
who isn't accepted there? Like there was a table of, so here would be the way I would describe this table. It looked, it appeared to be a transitioning or transitioned uh, man who was now a woman who was with a guy. And the guy was, let me just give me some latitude. So I'm going to try and seem to be a normal looking guy was with this now woman and like she had a belly shirt on and it was obviously been a guy arms were kind of kind of had guns but now was a woman (laughs) and then there was a black individual who was a they who was either transitioning and then they had a little kid with them right so kind of an interesting table and I thought to myself you know if I had a little more balls I would walk over even say you know I, I, I do this podcast where I try and find middle ground you know what what can you guys say good about conservatism? Is there anything good that you can stay? Like, do you just think the people that are opposed to any of this have, have any merit? Like, you know, because this is not the, your dad's modern family. Sure. You, you know, Newton, uh, well, modern family. There you go. I guess, uh, but, you know, nuclear family. There's, there's, this yeah. is a long way. These are the people that, that aren't drinking Bud Light that would see these people, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And, and it's just like, it's, it's interesting because this is, uh, so is, is Asheville, North Carolina, a microcosm of what the folks pushing all these issues would like all of America to look like in 50 years? Well, I don't think, th- to me, at least with my left-wing ideology, or certainly middle-left, I don't feel like it's about wanting families to look a certain way, but just saying, if your family happens to look a certain right. way, we're not kicking you out of the bar, right? Well, I hope so, but isn't there some kind of pushback from the far left where it's like, you know, we just got to tear apart the nuclear family, you know, it doesn't, it's a patriarchy, and it's uh, it's done nothing but deliver bad results, and we just have to tear all that apart. That's what I kind of always say about how these people that are in, in this movement can't just say, okay, boomer, because we all understand and you're going to be dead and the world's going to be a wonderful place. No, there's a lot of 30-year-olds who don't really understand it either. Yeah. So, so Well, if there is that, that far left person, and I'm sure there is, that, you know, yeah. everybody goes yeah. too far on the polar ends of their spectrum. Like, you know, but your point is it's just more about general acceptance. Screw those people, yeah. yeah. To, to me, it's more about, look, no matter who you want to be with, if they're, you know, sane and over 18 and legal to be with you like whatever like i don't care who people are with well last week i asked her two weeks ago because you had an interview last week when we took a little break but i asked that question and i thought it was kudos to us because these are questions you don't hear in too many places and we're we're trying to find a middle ground i I asked you that question could you be a racist and still be a decent person and i think the jury's still out and if somebody came and said absolutely not if you're a racist you're a piece of shit and i got no place for you okay i get that that's one way you can fairly answer that question another is I mean, I, my own life experience, my neighbor, he's, he's gone now, my dad's gone now, I can drop his name, Ben Zangara. Mr. Zangara would come over, fix anything. I've told you my dad was the least handy man, Ben was the most, they had a great relationship. God was a fervent racist, just no two ways about it. Drop the N-word like, like you and I are just sitting here talking. But does the N-word make you racist or if he... Well, he was a racist. He didn't like black people and he made that well, very, okay, but very even, clear. But even that, if, because I've heard these people say this and then they're the same people that will help a black family change a flat tire at Walmart. Like... Do you have the freedom of your own mind to be racist? Does that make you a racist? Or does your actual actions, is that what then... Because I think to me, it would be the act of acting out racism that would sort of preclude you in my mind from being a good person versus just, in my mind, I was raised a certain way or I'm small-minded and I've heard the N-word all my life and it's in there, but I'm I'm, I'm not going to treat somebody bad. So to me, I think that would be more like you saying, I'm not going to hire black folks as opposed to somebody saying, like, well, sure, I'm going to hire them and I'm going to work with black folks, but I'm going to go home and think a certain way. Like, to me, I, you have the freedom of your brain to well, be an idiot. See, there's a, so there are layers to that. Yeah, onion, to, so, so, yeah that, that's a whole show so, problem. So I was going to say... To, but to your point, sorry. Uh, well, no, the, uh, sort, of, sort of the same side of that coin. If you're the Midwestern farmer in fucking Kentucky or Kansas and you've lived your life and you've been raised and you just look at all these changes... And the, you know, so you see that family that I saw, which you know, two transitioning people, one of different races, a kid, yada, yada, and you say, no, I, I can't accept that. Does that make you a terrible person, or are you entitled to that? Again, I think to me, it's America. You have the freedom to be a bit of an asshole in your mind. So, right. if, you know, and you can vote a certain way if you don't like. You know, homosexuals marrying or transitioning or whatever it happens to be. Look, you can vote against that. You cannot like that. But if you're walking in Walmart and saying, you know, I fucking hate you and I hope you burn in hell, like, to me, it's sort of, you know, just goes back to eighth grade government. Like, my right to throw a punch ends where your face begins. Right. So, 
you know, you have the right to think. Or worse, a taking way. it to, you know, some of these assholes that have brought guns to places. And, oh, sure. You know, right. Yeah, so, so I guess I give people the latitude to potentially be a good person if their racism is only in their mind. Look, I'm sure there's a, tons of black people that just think, and probably rightfully so for a lot, that, you know, man, fuck these white, white people. White people suck. But then they'll see him in Walmart and, you know, throw up a hand or you work with him and, man, you know, I like him well enough. He's okay. And, and so we all just kind of have to, and, and believe me, we're not going to have less and less little half black, half white children running around in 20 years. So we all better fucking figure it out because we're all going to have a little bit of that in us in a generation. Yeah, that's true. And I guess we just have to work our way through all of this. But boy, feelings um, and nerves are tender and sensitive. And, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's an odd place right now because so much... Of this is busting open, and those genies are out of the bottle, and you're not putting the genies back in. No. But there are people who would like to see the genies be put back in, and they're the folks now that are probably the most angry, uh, maybe the most um, filled with vitriol. And you know, Trump tapped into it, I guess. Yeah, and because I still don't know what "Make America Great Again" means, if not <laughs> an America that didn't have these things we're dealing with now. Yeah. No, I'm, it's just, it's a fascinating conversation. and I, just I think, think so. I think it's endlessly fascinating. Right. And, and, and we are getting to the point where, again, you know, you are going to see less and less racism and less and less anti-homosexuality sentiment because, you know, it's not going to be what it once was and that, you know, no black folks live in your town or on your side of town or there's no openly gay people in your side of town. Look, we're going to have to work and eat right. and see these folks. So... Look, I just think, and also, like, what do they say is the best cure for racism is travel, right? Just like you're around people that don't look like you. You're out of your hometown. You're out of your hollers for those of us that are, you know, from this area. And, and you realize, well, just because he likes pork and a dude doesn't mean he's half bad. That guy's pretty funny. I like that guy. Or that did you ever try it? Guy. <laughs> nice. Well, but wouldn't that have been a Dave Chappelle's problem where he, because I remember him saying, look, I'm not, everybody thinks I'm opposed to transgender lifestyle, homosexual life, LBGTQ, whatever, whatever. And I see there I'm making a joke. LBGTQ and questioning, whatever, plus. Yeah. Uh, and he said, no, right. I'm, it's not. Live and let live. Exactly what you're saying. But what, what, what does stick in my craw as a black man is the advancements and the, and the success that they have reached, probably more the homosexual community than the LGBT, that, I'm sorry, than the transgendering community. But I think Chappelle's point was, you know, I would like to see a little more of that success for me as a black guy, that we're still fighting these battles that, you know, they kind of left us, um, that they surpassed us with their rights, and we're still fighting for, you know, minimal rights, I think was part of his beef. Yeah, you paraphrased that fairly well. Yeah. It wasn't that I hate these people, it's just kind of what about mine, right? right. You know, as a, as a member of the black culture, which maybe a little bit disingenuous on Chappelle's part as well, because I'm a huge Dave Chappelle, Chappelle fan, and I think maybe he's looking back through history and civil rights and slavery. Yeah, they probably had more to overcome in the last hundred years than homosexuals, because it feels like, fair or foul, like they were mostly just closeted. You know, they could just wear yes. a suit to work in the 50s. Well, and, that's it. You know, and you, can, you can hide your sexuality, right. you can't, can't hide your skin color. Right, so, so there was never a moment, I guess, in probably Chappelle's family's history, where they were like, you know, I'm just going to not bother being openly black today. Right. I'm just going to go to work and not deal with it. Right. Where, you know, homosexuals could leave town, get a job, and nobody's going to know. Man, it is funny. And so there's some jealousy there, I think. And, yeah, and almost every person you talk to, I have some good friends who come to mind who, uh, my buddy Glenn, who really is more my brother's friend, Tommy graduated high school with Glenn, but we've gone on some trips together and so forth. And his mom's brother was gay and was for years, but nobody ever talked about it. It was just... Um, the boys. We're going to go visit the boys. He had a longtime partner he lived with. I had a similar thing in my own family with the couriers who owned the hotel that I worked at and their son, Billy and Bob, and, and they were the boys. And, you know, I didn't make the connection because I was 13, 14 and wasn't thinking about that. Now, did my mom know that they were a gay couple and just nobody ever talked about it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she did. It just, you know... It wasn't talked about. Or you would make a joke like, oh, Billy, why don't you find yourself a nice girl? Something like that. Like, right? <laughs> right? You'd make like... Yeah. Because and now I'm talking 60s, 70s, right? And it just... Yeah. But but it just busted open. And then, you know... And, and it's not right that they had to live a secret life. Sure. Let them live they their life. They weren't hurting anybody to no. live their life. No. You know what I found, too? And I'll just... This is out of left field. But what I've seen in my life, homosexuality... There's a lot of family denial about it because right. I always thought, man, every, right. they know they're just not saying it. And I've got some great examples that I refuse to say on air right now right. for people I care about deeply. Right. 
but they have no idea this person in their life is gay. And I'm like, bro, how, the- how do you not know this? <laughs> you know, a great friend of mine, uh, his brother happens to be a gay guy. And, you know, not he, happens to be, is a gay guy. Is a gay guy. Yeah. Well, I don't know, whatever, you know, <laughs> cancel me. But, uh, you know, we were talking like he was living with a guy. And I'm like, bud, he's, he's gay. And he, he was like, no, he's not. He says, I'm like, bro, come on. Like, so I think, I don't know if people are too close to the situation sometimes or what, but it's fascinating the homosexual denial that people have in their yeah. own family. Yeah. So it's, it, it's strange. Yeah. Now, I would say, to back to Chappelle's point, that probably is changing faster, Tris, than. than yes. The, the plight of than, transgender and homosexuality has is, is moved a lot faster than. And I'm not sure you rights. can even complete that. I think transgender folk are still fighting awfully hard. I Agre- think that's no, no, still, no. Fair. I Completely think the homosexual true. issue. And is, there's a lot more pushback it, on being transgender there than is. black right and, now, and, too, and, of course. Yeah. And, 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 and homosexuality, I think, is pretty much at the point where. You know, it's kind of an irony, right? There's so much other, so many social things going on. It's like, all right, just let the homosexual community do it. They haven't harmed us. It's been legal now for, which, again, nobody remembers. That was Joe Biden. Obama was sort of opposed, and Biden pushed him. It was like 2014 or something. It's almost 10 years now. That's right. Where gay union has been legal in all 50 states. And the marriage. Gay marriage. And the country hasn't fallen apart, has it? No. Right. So there you go. But again, I think it just turns into that. It doesn't really affect right. married guys. Right. You know? It's, it's you know, and, and I've... Right. I, I, and I, guys I, are still going to make their jokes. You and I are guys. You're at the <laughs> soccer game or the ball game with your with a couple other parents or just guys in the bar. They're still going to be jokes. Sorry, like you said, cancel me. There still are, right? And there probably always will be. But maybe they're just a little... Maybe a little lighter now. A little than they lighter been now. They're not said as much in mixed company. Sure. Uh, yeah. And I, and I think we are at least a little more conscious of... You know, man, you don't want to hurt these people. These are our neighbors and our friends. And sure. So... Does sure. does it always mean that sometimes you can't look? We have to be able to laugh at all of ourselves. So sometimes Correct. is that going to happen to be at a at a gay man or a black man or a Mexican person or a white guy exactly. or a Jew? Look, we do occasionally just need to laugh no. at ourselves. Hey, I draw the line at Jews. I'll make no jokes at the expense. Well, of that's Jews. appreciated at least, yes. so and certainly not on the podcast. I will so. never make a joke at the expense of a Jewish guy. Well, that's that. At the very least is. Now, did you ever hear about the rabbi and the priest? And they were talking about how they split the offering. No. And the priest said, well, he said, I have a system where I go into my rectory and I have a line drawn on the carpet and I throw the offering out. And whatever stays on this side is mine and whatever stays on the other side I give to God. And the rabbi said, oh, that's, that's interesting, Father. I do something similar. I take the offering, I throw it up in the air. Whatever <laughs> hits the floor is mine, whatever stays up is God's. That's pretty good. <laughs> but I would never make a joke at the expense of Jewish people. Yeah, fair enough. Right. Hey, this is not a great segue, but I'm reading a pretty good book right now. You were talking about the DeSantis book earlier. My uh, aunt, who was on the show a couple weeks ago uh, with the technical difficulties, sure, sure, she recommended a book to me by Barbara Kingsolver. Yes, called yes, yes. Uh, Demon Copperhead, and it's very good. I'm only a hundred pages deep. I want to say Barbara Kingsolver passed away recently, but I could be wrong really? about that. Maybe I'm wrong. Not about that, that I know. Okay, it that's, a, that's another name then. Okay, but pretty fascinating. It's, yeah, it actually. It's a novel. It's a novel, yeah. and it actually has so much similarity to my life. I'm blown away. The Copperhead Demon Copper Copperhead Demon Copperhead, and it's about a boy who actually is raised in the county that I was raised in, wow. which is a very small little, you know, the Bell County. Tip. Uh, Lee County, Lee little County. tip of Virginia, and I'm fascinated. So I start reading this book. And I'm like, "This is fucking Lee County. This is where I'm from." So, so that's Lee County, Virginia. Yeah. Oh, okay. Literally, exactly where I'm from, with the landmarks and everything like being referenced. Well, in the that's book. wild. So it was bizarre. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Uh, with the is uh, that why she recommended it? Your aunt? She didn't say that. Oh. I don't even know if it. She realized it was actually that's exactly bizarre. where I'm from. Wow. But uh, I mean, it won uh, like all kinds of awards. Like it's a pretty, you know, popular book. But, uh, yeah, man, it's a guy who's uh, half Melungeon, I think, is the term used in the book. I guess that's half black or maybe a quarter black. I don't know. But um, growing up in Lee County and uh, a mother with addiction issues. And, man, it's I'm just like, oh, my God, blows me away. How much? I'm like, man, this fucking book's about me. It's crazy. So, he grows up at the same time. I'm so I did, glad like, you said addiction. I thought it was a mother with addiction. Shit issues. <laughs> but we, so we, back to L- LGBTQ. No. <laughs> yeah. 
we are in an odd time. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Would I get anything out of reading it? I mean, I'd have to assume it's one of those books anybody would get something out of so well, far. I mean, it's, it's very well read. And, and you look forward to reading it. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100 pages within a week. Usually I'll stretch a book out for eight weeks. Me and too. Me too. Piddle it out. But. And, I, and usually I'm reading a couple different things, so you don't finish one, and I'm bad for that. And I read a yeah. lot of magazines and shit. Yeah. But that's very cool. The Copperhead Demon, Demon. Copperhead. Demon yeah, Copperhead. Yeah, I'll text it to you. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely think you'd have to enjoy it. And it's. So thank it, you, Aunt Sue. Yeah, absolutely. And it would be. It would be a much more exaggerated version of my life because the kid ends up in foster care pretty early, and I didn't deal with any of that. So I just wrote out the whole home life, white trash portion of it. But right. But outside of that, like you know, they're working in tobacco. I worked in tobacco as a kid, and it's you know, it's pretty great. So I think you'd get something out. And of I'm it. sure there's a lot of copperheads in that neck of the woods. Yeah, pretty. And I don't know if there's as many as Barbara Kingsolver thought when she named it, but That's certainly funny. plenty because they handle them at church. So. Do. You, have them. you ever been to that church? I have. Two or three of those churches. No shit. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, I guess one of the things is... They don't take them out all the time. Well, they don't take them out all the time, and they don't, like, take them out into the crowd. So, like, you have to choose to come up sort of on stage and God. do the snake handle. You saw part. it, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, Many times. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I probably two or three of my buddies' dads died from handling snakes growing up. Now, how do you... How do you lay there and die knowing all you have to do is go to the hospital and get some antidote, but you think God doesn't love you enough or something? And I mean, it was a lot. It, but no, I saw all that growing up. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Completely bizarre. That's the first time we've ever had that conversation. It yeah. was here on the air. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. So, yeah, now a little comedy after snake handling. I'm just trying to find. Now you know your wife says you still handle your snake three times a week. <laughs> it ain't much of a snake, but yeah, it's a little garter. Uh, oh. All right, so all right, I can't read them. I'm just going to open page 43 in the dad jokes brought to you by Dad's Flooring. It we should probably hit our sense. sponsors all one more time. Yep, definitely. So Dad's Flooring, of course, Troy, please come back and, yes. and save us yes. from having to do live commercials. Uh, Berea Pond, Dad's Flooring, of course, BuckshotLed.com, which is Aaron at Berea Pond, 107 Clay Drive, Nate, Stoveleg Media, everything about you we love except for the bills, but they're not bad because uh, Ray pays them. Uh, the Rational Boomer Podcast, and I uh, think that and touches And that's it, and this is a uh, naked and afraid show, so it's just what what we did here today is just going out on the Completely air. unplugged. I'll look for, forward for, to For better or worse. So time for a joke. Okay, my mom bought me a cheap dictionary for my birthday. I couldn't find the words to thank her. And one more. I was carrying a nine-foot book. A nine-foot book. I was carrying a nine-foot book the other day, and a woman asked me what I was doing. I said, "Oh, it's a long story." <laughs> All right. So you got some comedy, nice. some I, actual comedy. I did throw. Well, I don't know if you could call anything. I probably the level of I could write for Gutfeld. <laughs> yes. So I, yes. I don't we know if write, it's we actual. Write for Gutfeld. I don't know if anybody would say actual comedy. Air we could about. write for Gutfeld. Yeah, yes, we really could. We yeah, really we could. could write for Gutfeld. <laughs> I, I have no doubt about that. So if you like the comedy you hear from me, you'll love. <laughs> Greg it's uh, the 20 minutes I put in, do it a week, and it's the same type of quality. So uh, I did top 10 things you will notice about this week's show while our producer, Troy, uh, of course, from Front Porch Studios, is on vacation. Okay. So top 10 things that may be different that you might notice. Number 10, no annoying quality. You don't yes. have to worry about right. any quality right. seeping into this week's show. Okay. Uh, number 9, no one to edit out Ray's racist rants. <laughs> And there might have been one. There may have been. A, and try to say that ten times fast. Ray's racist rants. That could be the name uh, of a new podcast. I even told that Jewish joke, didn't I? You did. Shit, I would have uh, asked Troy to edit that. Ray's racist rants, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Might get some listeners. Uh, number eight, no fancy produced commercials. Right. That's just sad because it's accurate, not right. funny at all. Uh, number seven, no one to no one available to edit out Trisden's shameful family secrets. <laughs> and I actually had some of those. You did. So, and the snake handlers. Yeah, wow. so all this is Oy. completely accurate. I can foresee the future. Number six, no one to edit out all the things that will make our wives mad at us this week. Yes. If they listened. Yeah, which if, they if, would, right. Yeah. So we're usually pretty safe. I think we could probably talk about having affairs on this show, and they would never know. Yeah. Like we could name women. No, that, that they'd find out. Is that that, the that one they'd thing? find out, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, number five, all allergy fits will make air. Mm-hmm. Yes. Troy will Wasn't not too be bad. Wasn't too bad. Yeah. Allergy season may be finally done. Yes. Number four, no one here to make me do a full top ten list. Okay. With Troy gone. So 
That does it. That's it. So I'll tell you a a brief thing about, so we didn't listen to a minute of us driving because I didn't listen to any of the podcast. Patty didn't ask. But my brother and his wife drove 13 hours from Jersey to Charleston first and then Savannah. Nice. And I don't know that Nancy had listened, so she sent me a snapshot. You ever hear of these guys? And it was us. And I said, the... uh, the guy with the southern accent is smart and funny. The guy with the northern accent is a loudmouth bore. <laughs> so, and she listened a little bit, and I think got bored quick. But oh, yeah. I think Tommy's a faithful listener. So thanks That's for good. listening, Tom. Yeah, and we'll take any, ho- any I haven't talked to Mark in a while, but hopefully my buddy Mark is still listening up in Jersey, up in New York State, actually. And um, I don't know. we got to be up to eh, pushing, knocking the door at 1,000 listeners, maybe. Oh, God, we've had more than 1,000. Yeah, we've, we've, we've probably got 6,000. Okay. Yeah. It's not too bad. Okay. We'll right. take it. No, absolutely we'll take it. Yeah. I don't mind writing that check tonight that I wrote today. <laughs> All, All right. right, brother. We did it. We killed another hour. Yeah. Somehow, I'm, some way. I'm going to stop this as fast as yes, I can so people don't have to hear our See endless banters. Hey, take care, Ray. Bye-bye. Good show. Bundy, Casey, the Zodiac, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, we cover all the major criminals you've ever heard of. But we specialize in the small town unknown crimes that need more attention. Kayla Massingale, Daniel LaPlante, Randall Woodfield, Brooklyn Farthing. At True Crime Cast, we'll tell you about crimes you're not going to hear anywhere else. With new episodes every Tuesday and Friday, subscribe to True Crime Cast anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. I'm Jamie. I'm John. This is True Crime Cast. In the new podcast, Reformation Abroad, you get immersed in the story of a prison crew in outer space on a work release program. But once the crew discovers a dark secret, they find that their lives may be in danger. Here's a quick taste of Reformation Abroad. This is Chief Engineer Kowalski. The Abari requests immediate assistance at X-Ray Tango Echo-499. Come on, we have to go now. Hello, team lead. Please call me King. King ran the biggest crew in Cook County Jail. Going after that ship was a total mistake. This is the official statement, and you will do well to stick to it. I'm going to leave you all in five if you don't get back to the pod. going to kill us all. Cam, I think we've got bigger problems right now. We are a voice in the darkness. The only hope out here on the sideline. How did this get so out of hand? Let this horse run. Guys, I really don't think this is a good idea! Check out Reformation Abroad a fun, immersive science fiction audio drama wherever you listen to podcasts.